Good morning, church. Viewers all over the world, I greet you all. Good morning. Thank you for being part of today's service. And I pray that may you be richly blessed today in Jesus' name. Thank you ever so much. You may be seated in his presence. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Tell your neighbor you are welcome to the arena of liberty. Tell someone who cares you are welcome to the arena of liberty. Tell someone behind you you are welcome to the arena of liberty. Yes. First and foremost, I would like to introduce myself to you. My name is Modupe. And by the special grace of God, I am one of the evangelists under the mentorship of my father, my coach, and my mentor, Prophet T.B. Joshua. And I thank God for that special grace. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yes, people of God, we are here today, thankful and grateful for every moment of God's attention in our lives. We do not know our future, but God does. That is why we are here. We do not know how to satisfy the needs of our own lives, but Jesus does. That is why we are here. And this gives me the confidence to share with you and to tell you the sweet story of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. It's love. It's grace. It's power to save. It's power to heal. It's power to bless. It's power to redeem. It's power to deliver. And it's power to forgive. But before I go on with my message, I have a beautiful question for you all. And the question is, Church, how are you today? Church, how are you today? I can't hear your response. How are you today? Great. I love that response. Is there anyone here who has a different response from the one given here? Or is there anyone under the influence of this telecast who could not join us to say fine just because of what he or she is going through? What are you going through? Are you sick and dying? Are you facing rejection, setback, failure? Or you are out there watching this program and you are facing imprisonment? I have an encouraging response for you. Therefore, anytime you are asked, how are you? Instead of you complaining or lamenting over your situation, as Christians, as believers, let your response go in this manner. With smiles, tell your neighbor with smiles. With smiles, just say, how I feel has a very little to do with how I am. Because the part of me that hurts is just a shell. But the real me is just fine. Let someone shout Emmanuel. In other words, the flesh, which is the outer man, may be in pain, in distress, in discomfort. But the spirit, 
which is the inner man, is just fine. Let someone shout, Emmanuel. Yes. For those of you who are listening to me this morning, for those of you who are listening to me this morning, if you know that the part of you that hurts is just a shell, but the real you, the very, very you, is just fine. Just give your neighbor a tap. Come on, give your neighbor a tap and say, neighbor. neighbor. I can't hear you. Say, neighbor. neighbor. I am full of joy. I am full of joy. Because Jesus knows every trial, every persecution, every trouble, every crisis, every embarrassment I am facing. And he will not leave me without instruction. He will not leave me without direction. He will not leave me without revelation. He will not leave me without solution. He will not leave me without the Father. Let someone shout hallelujah. Yes, the gospel of God's grace challenges and changes everything. The Bible says that God has written us into an unprecedented and revolutionary story of reconciliation in which hostilities are destroyed and enemies become friends. This means with this reconciliation, everything that is against you shall begin to work for you in the name of the Lord. With this reconciliation, as from now on, your spirit, soul, and body shall refuse to bear the curse of sickness and diseases. With this reconciliation, everything that has to do with you will continue to function for the glory of God. Praise the Lord. Yes, in Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and future. This is the purpose of God for us. For in mercy, God has called us. In mercy, he has brought us to the arena of liberty. And in mercy, he shall continue to see us through. We are not excluded in his mercy and grace. We are not excluded in his master plan for creation. For Jesus will not consult your past to determine that great future you desire. Praise the Lord. So if you are to fit in into this promise of hope, people of God, if you are to fit in into all this promise of hope, you must learn to walk with the Lord. Are you ready to walk with the Lord? I can hear you. Are you ready to walk with the Lord? Yes. In our walking with the Lord, there are good and hard times. There are times to taste honey and a time to taste bitter leaf. So as Christians, if you understand this philosophy of life, you will continue to move on. You will continue to strive on. You will continue to press on. You will continue to soldier on in the midst of your storm and in the midst of your situation. And you will learn to look beyond your situation. Because beyond your situation is victory. How many of you believe that? That beyond what you are going through today is victory. Did you believe that? Did you believe that? And this will lead me 
to the title of today's message, look beyond your situation. Tell your neighbor, say neighbor. neighbor. Say neighbor. neighbor. Look beyond, beyond your situation. Yes. Let's open our Bibles. Open your Bibles with me to the book of John 14. And let's start reading from verse 1. And that will be the proof test of today's message. The book of John 14. And let's start our reading from verse 1. Are you there? Church, are you there? So I read. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you shall be also. Praise the Lord. Praise the living Jesus. Yes. In that John 14 verse 1, which says, let not your hearts be troubled. We as Christians, I want us to understand this verse very, very well. And don't get confused in your heart. When the Lord says, do not let your hearts be troubled. What the Lord is saying here is that He is not saying that we should lack reasons to be troubled. I will say it again. The Lord is not saying that we should lack reasons to be troubled. But what He is saying here is that there is a greater reason not to be. Because life itself is a mission and it's full of challenges. In life, we will continue to be challenged with issues that violate our conscience. And you all can acknowledge that life is filled with trouble. So as Christians, when you look through your immediate surrounding, what you will see is economic operation. Religious oppression, physical oppression, moral oppression, demonic oppression, attacks everywhere, terrorism everywhere, trouble everywhere. And this explains why Job said in that book of Job 5, verse 7, that man is born to trouble. Amen. From the moment we are removed from our mother's womb, we begin to encounter trouble. Life begins with a doctor slap on our backside. When the baby is removed from the mother's womb, the first thing is a slap on the backside to make him or her cry out. 
This means in life, everyone faces almost daily disappointments. But they are camouflaged differently. We are always unhappy with ourselves because we hardly live the way we want to live. And this is the reality of life. Listen to the complaint of man. We want to be strong, but we find ourselves weak. We want to be successful, but we find ourselves being faced with a setback we could not ever think of or imagine. We tried again and again by applying our mental strength, by applying our physical strength. But before we know it, we are failed woefully and repeatedly. We want to be loved, admired, alike. But people seem indifferent to us. We want to be courageous, but we feel overcome with fear. And you all know that fear can appear in different form. It can be fear of the unknown. It can be fear of rejection, fear of setback, fear of failure, fear of loss, fear of death. All this makes man to give in into worry and anxiety. Praise the Lord. People of God, when you look at life, it's storm and adversities. From human point of view, it brings worry and death. So the question I have for you this morning is what is ruling your heart? Neighbor, say neighbor. What is ruling your heart? Are you being ruled by God's word, which says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? Or you are being ruled by the senses? When I say senses, I mean what you see, what you feel, and what your circumstance looks like. If you allow yourself to be ruled by the senses, your response to life's challenge will be that of self-pity. I tell you the truth. There is no amount of human sympathy that can change the course of God. Amen. If what you are going through today is an unchangeable event, if what you are going through today is as it should be by divine will, there is no amount of human sympathy that can change that course because you are going through a course. And there's no amount of self-pity that can change your situation. If you allow self-pity to rule you, listen to this, you will not be able to learn the necessary experience. I mean the mature experience you need to learn from that situation. Because your heart will be too preoccupied by what you see, what you feel, and what your circumstance looks like. Praise the Lord. So if you allow the senses to rule you, you will be discouraged. And God cannot use a discouraged servant. Praise the Lord. So worrying about the future, 
worrying about tomorrow destroys our sense of judgment. It cripples our ability to think, to talk, to act, and to exercise faith in the presence. So what do I mean? I mean when you begin to think about what you are going to eat when you live here, or what will happen to you in the next moment, or where you are going in the next minutes, you are putting yourself in the position of God. And God holds you. He knows your disposition. He knows who you are, who you were, and you shall be. He knows your every moment. He knows the next. So why worry? So people of God, the lifestyle Jesus expects of us is a lifestyle of positive faith. What do I mean? I mean positive thinking, talking, and acting. So this morning we are going to examine the life of some biblical characters who had exercised faith in the presence. Today they are our mirror. Their legacy stands. So let's examine the life of one of the great biblical character in the book of Second Kings. Open your Bibles to the book of Second Kings, chapter four. The book of Second Kings. Chapter 4. Are you there? And I will start my reading from verse 16. Church, are you there? I read. Then it said, About this time next year, you shall embrace a son. And she said, No, my Lord, man of God. Do not lie to your maid servant. But the woman conceived and bore a son when the appointed time had come, of which Elisha had told her. And the child grew. Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers. And he said to his father, My head, my head. So he said to his servants, carry him to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her nails till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, please, Send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys, that I may run to the man of God and come back. Verse 23. So it said, Why are you going to see him today? It is neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It is well. Verse 24. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servants, Drive and go forward. Do not circle the pace for me unless I tell you. Verse 25. And so she departed 
and went to the man of God at Mount Camel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shunammite woman, verse 26, which is the last verse, please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with your child? And she answered, It is well. Tell your neighbor, It is well. I can't hear you. Say, It is well. It is well. in his presence yes indeed it is well tell your neighbor it is well with my soul I can hear you say it is well with my soul yes let's clap for Jesus I know many things will be going through your mind concerning the response of the Shonamite woman 
What prompted her to say it is well? Whereas on the outside, there's nothing well at all. Praise the Lord. So who can tell me? I need a volunteer here. Who can tell me what prompted the Shunammite woman to say it is well? Whereas on the outside, there's a dead child on the floor. And she keep on saying, it is well. It is well. It, was, it is well. So who can tell me? What prompted her to say it is well? Do you want to help me? Uh, Emmanuel, I believe it's her faith. Oh, let's clap for him. Let's clap for him. Thank you, brother. Do you all agree that she's a woman of faith? Did you all agree she's a woman of faith? Yes. And as a woman of faith, she saw beyond a situation. She knew beyond a situation was revival, was redemption, and was renewal. People of God, we have a lesson to learn from the Shunammite woman. And the question is, what could be more agonizing than that of experience of a mother losing her only child in her old age? Can I ask that question again? What could be more agonizing than that of experience of a mother losing her only child in her old age? But even without informing her husband about the tragedy, the Bible says she traveled far to see Elisha, the servant of God. She had the faith that if only she could see the man of God, all will be well. How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that? Yes. She had the faith that if only she could see the man of God, all will be well. She knew that her case was redeemable. That was why she confessed positively about it. She chose not to look at her situation. She left it for God. Tell your neighbor, leave it for God. Leave those issues for God. Leave those trouble for God. Stop worrying yourself. I can't hear you. Leave it for God. Leave those trouble for God. Stop worrying yourself. I know many people are here today. You have worked very hard. Many of us here today, we have worked very hard and prayed fervently without a corresponding reward to our efforts in life. Many people are seated here today. They have worked and served an organization diligently for God's sake. Instead of being promoted, they were demoted. Many are here today. They have served an organization diligently for God's sake. Instead of being recognized, they were unnoticed. Instead of being celebrated, they were humiliated. Instead of being praised, they were condemned. And there are many marriages here today who are looking forward to the promise of the Father. Don't let this situation discourage you. Remember what Jesus said in the book of John 16, verse 33, that in this world there will be tribulation, but be of good cheer, 
I have overcome the world. This means there will be thorns in our flesh. There will be things poking or disappointing us. But be of good cheer. Jesus said he has overcome for you. Also in the book of Luke 22 verse 32. Jesus said, I have prayed that your faith may not fail. This means there will be some factors, issues that will challenge our faith. Meaning as Christians, as believers, what you are going through today serves a useful purpose. Praise the Lord. First, to form and strengthen your character. Secondly, to prepare you for the eternal glory that lies ahead. So what are you going through? This message is challenging you this morning. So look beyond your situation. Because beyond your situation is a great harvest. Amen? Beyond your situation is a great reward. Beyond your situation is a huge success. So I want to encourage you that weeping must not hinder sowing. Amen. Weeping must not hinder sowing. Weeping must not hinder worship. Continue to sow. Someone is watching out for you. In person of the Holy Spirit. Hard times should make you to trust God the more. To serve them all. To worship them all. People of God. It is the goodness of our cause that interests God more than our physical or mental disposition. Praise the Lord. It is the goodness of our cause that interests God more than our physical or mental disposition. And this is why we have many handicapped people becoming men and women of substance. Why able-bodied men lived out their days unnoticed and uncelebrated. So I want to advise you to look beyond your situation. Finally, people of God, I have a word of exhortation for you. And it will come like an advice. And it's just in this manner. Pull yourself out of this self-imposed shell of self-pity. I'll say it again. Pull yourself out of this self-imposed shell of self-pity. And face the reality of trial, temptation, trouble. Confront them squarely. And stop being undercover. Hmm. What do I mean? Stop, stop postponing the evil day. Take that correction you need now. Learn what you need to know now. Face that trouble today and have your peace tomorrow. Praise the Lord. Face that trouble today. Learn what you need to know now. Take those corrections now and have your permanent freedom tomorrow. And don't abandon your posts because of situation. Rest in the place God has for you.
Amen. 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 Yes, when we accept adversity and endure every pain, then we will learn what we should know and all our grief will turn to gain. No pain, no gain. Praise the Lord. Say your neighbor, don't quit that relationship because you are not celebrated. Don't quit that relationship for God's sake because you are not celebrated. Don't quit that relationship for God's sake because you are not praised. Don't quit that relationship for God's sake because you are not noticed. Don't resign your duties for God's sake because you are not recognized. Rest in the place God has for you. Yes, rest in the place Jesus has for you. Wait for the time of harvest. The time is near. It won't be long. A slow movement of a tiger is not a mistake but a calculated accuracy. Yes, I assure you that your prayer, your fasting, your hard work of many years are not lost. You may not see the results immediately, but in due season, in due season, they will issue into beauty and glory. Yes. Give God time. He's working out the answer for you. Slowly, but surely. God understands our case. He knows all our needs. And He will proportion every remedy for our malady. Yes. The Bible says, he ordained his praise out of the mouth of babes and the suckling. These are those who cannot fight for themselves. And God fight for them. I tell you, he will fight every battle for you. And give you the victory. I pray may the spirit of the living father continue to flow within your innermost being. Strengthen you till you shall be glorified at last in Jesus name.